Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. I laugh about the way we judge some things. Uh, Tom Brady, the year when Seahawks didn't run it down there, and, right. you know, and they threw the interception. Yeah, Seahawks shouldn't even been there because well, of the, the, the Packers. But and, and so the Patriots won. So, and I do think Tom's arguably the best to, to ever play. But when they intercepted the ball, everybody said Tom Brady. You know, he won his fifth or whatever. He is now the greatest quarterback to ever yeah. play. But if Seattle would have scored, he wouldn't have been. Yeah. He, he was on the sideline. He played the same game. You know, it just kills me sometimes. I think that. I mean, I laugh at it because I go, no, he still is one of the all-time greatest. Not whether or not. The guy made a play and not on defense. That's Philip Rivers talking about Tom Brady's greatness, basically arguing against ring counting right there, PK. Well, why wouldn't he? He has zero. See? <laughs> he comes well, he's been to oh, Jeopardy. Zero. I mean, not Jeopardy. It's, it's, it is his own uh, way he's trying to pump himself up. I mean, it's self-perseverance. What was I get it? it. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't he say that? Arizona Cardinals have signed veteran free agent receiver Michael Crabtree on a one-year contract. Initially unable to come to terms with Crabtree, but now they have a deal and he's in and former first-round pick Kevin White is out. And Levian Bell said he looks to initiate contact in practice when teammates shy away from hitting him. I tried to do that intentionally just so I can feel it. A lot of times you start seeing guys get a little frustrated and they'll try to hit me back and that's what I need. They won't take me to the ground. They won't go for my legs, hitting me up top, things like that. I need all that. I don't need too much contact. Somebody might get hurt. It's football, man. I know. But they try to be so careful in practice. Nobody get hurt in practice. Save it for the game. Get hurt in the game? Of course they get hurt in the game. It's football. Save it for the game? (laughs) DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. He's been very open-minded, brought a lot to our team from a leadership and experience standpoint, and and then he's certainly really grown here in the last, you know, six or so months offensively. You know, he's really come a long way uh, with our stuff, and he's just excited about the way he's operating it. We've got a couple other really good players uh, that we're competing with him, but he was simply just a little bit better uh, than those guys throughout the time, and and, uh, so we're excited for his opportunity, and I know he can't wait to get on the field and play. That's Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma coach, about Jalen Hurts, his transferred quarterback. Hired gun coming in from Alabama to keep the Sooners on top of the Big 12. Other college football news, the Pac-12 has decided no 9 a.m. kickoffs this season. In the case of Utah and Colorado, no 10 a.m. kickoffs this season. Andrew Walker. Case of Arizona, too. Andrew Walker, the Pac-12's vice president for public affairs. Our interest in schools... Need more lead time for discussions with all the relevant stakeholders. That's like cop talk for athletic right there, or athletics. Well, Mark Harlan told us that last month. Walker says there's interest from Fox and there's interest from some of our schools. They just need more time to plan yeah. properly. So and That's what he told us a month ago. Check back. I didn't think it was going to happen this year. It wouldn't happen for any Pac-12 school? No. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag college basketball. University of Utah gets a verbal commitment from Wasatch Academy top 100 national prospect Caleb Lohner yesterday as part of the 2020 recruiting class. He's from Flower Mound, Texas, but playing at the Wasatch Academy. He's had numerous Power 5 prospects, had an offer from BYU as well. Want to get excited about that? Wait for him to sign or wait for him to return for his junior year because some of the guys are transferring now. Um, Top 100 prospect. Wait till he gets to college and see how good he is. I have no idea. I don't follow high school basketball. Some kid. Oh, I know he needs a haircut. That's all. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Dodgers walk it off. They beat the Blue Jays. Max Muncy with a solo homer in the 10th inning. That's the difference in a 2-1 win. That so often happens, PK. You put up 16 one day, you put up two the next. But the Dodgers win anyway. It they done did. Although I guess Jansen blew another save and they're all up in arms. Is he going to be good enough when we get to Rocktober? Cubs beat the Giants 12-11. Cubs, see, they up the Dodgers there. They don't just blow one lead. They blew two. Give up, a, I think it was a five-run fifth inning. But they win it 12-11. to 11. Eventually slug their way to victory with a couple of runs in the eighth inning. Chicago on top in the National League Central. Uh, Milwaukee beating St. Louis. Orioles get a rare win despite the win. They give up home run number 258 in an 8-1 win over the Kansas City Royals. That ties the Major League Baseball record for most home runs allowed. 300. Here they come. DJ and PK. Golf. Tour Championship begins today. East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia. Justin Thomas will begin the tournament at 10 under. As the race for the $15 million prize as winner of the FedEx Cup playoffs continues this week. Tony Finau will tee off at 3-under. His first round gets underway at 11-15 today. Pretty sure I'm not liking these uh, staggered starts with guys getting handicaps, basically, and starting at 3-under and 10-under, but we'll see if they like it and if they keep doing it. That's the way they're working it this week, anyway. Didn't matter to me. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up later in the show, we got Frank Dolce. He's going to join us in about 20 minutes here. Ute analyst for the Zone Sports Network. We'll talk to him about the robbery game. Dick Harmon from the Deseret News at 8 o'clock. And we got Sports Jeopardy, a Huntsman Center edition at 8.30. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For the second time in as many weeks, the Houston Astros lose a game in which they were the biggest favorite at a sports book in the past 15 years. After being tabbed as a plus 435 favorites with Justin Verlander on the mound, the Detroit Tigers beat the Astros 2-1. Philadelphia Phillies beat the Boston Red Sox 5-2. Bryce Harper with a two-run homer in the win. That's his 27th on the year. Salt Lake Bees have their series finale in Tacoma rained out 
It will not be made up. The Bees open a series at the Reno Aces tonight at 8 o'clock. You can listen to the game right here on the Zone Sports Network. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. This is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Brett McMurphy from the uh, Stadium Networks. I did see the quote in one of your most recent pieces about the AP Top 25 saying you'd take Utah as a potential dark horse to fit into that Final Four. My first AP poll is who I think going into the season the best 25 teams are. This is not a projection on how I see the season ending. Next month I'll start in on my bowl projections and I'll do those every week. Those are how I project the season to end. People have asked me, you know, who your dark horse because every year of the playoff we've had a team that wasn't in the preseason top 10 make it to the college football playoff and yeah Utah would certainly be my pick and it sounds funny to say Utah's a dark horse when they're the favorite to win the league but that's kind of where the Pac-12 is right now. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. And Master Electrical will light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. Got a question up at Facebook. We'll get to uh, Frank Dolce here in about 15 minutes. Got a question up at Facebook. Prediction time. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson will beat Utah at least once in the next three years. Do you agree? Or disagree? Intriguing question, PK. What inspired you? Just sitting around thinking about football? Inspiration. Okay. Inspired me. Well, I think that if you look at BYU's great teams, they had one thing in common. They had a great quarterback. They go hand in hand. And when they have these great quarterbacks... They usually follow it up with some pretty impressive wins. You can go down the list. Who did fill-in-the-blank quarterback beat? There's some pretty good teams on those lists, right? And if Wilson is going to be the next one, well, right now, the way the situation plays out, you know, before, years back, it wasn't. But right now, the number one win that they could get is over Utah. So then it begs the question, if this kid is really good, which I think he has the chance to be really good, is he going to beat Utah? Because that's the number one nemesis on their schedule during the time that this young man is going to be there. So then that obviously leads to the question, he's got three years to play if he follows it all through. Is he going to beat them? Tough call, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go yes out of the gate there. His freshman year, starting his, what would that have been, his fifth or sixth game, whatever it was, uh-huh. scored a bunch of points, got close. Yeah, sure. So given three more chances, I mean, these streaks don't tend to go on forever, as dominant as Utah was in the early years. They've never had more than a nine-game win streak. They're going for nine this year. And next year... They'd be playing, you'd presumably be breaking in a new quarterback here. So, yeah, I think the odds are he probably will get a win. Okay. But 
and you're sitting out there guessing about guys who are, you know, still two, three years off maybe. So, but yeah, I would say yes. You, what do you think? Or the well, talent gap so well, big. You don't you read go, my no. stuff that I put out there. I guaranteed it. The talent gap. The talent gap, I mean, we're going to go on recruiting, right? And so the recruiting analysts are saying the talent gap between BYU and Utah has never been greater. Well, because their star ranking versus BYU star ranking. Okay, well, the talent gap then based on star ranking between SC and Utah is great. But Utah manages to win. But we don't look at that. What are you talking about the, the, the star ranking for? Well, I didn't actually say the star ranking. I know you, you did. You signed that to me, but... I didn't know I didn't sign. I wasn't talking about you. No. No, I mean, just back off there, buddy. Well, I would say a couple things. <laughs> <Don't be> so <laughs> defensive. Too you, bad. You had nothing Good. to do with it, actually. Oh, Good. <laughs> I was not Two thinking things, of I think, you at all. I look at the talent gap and think, you look at how many NFL guys have been drafted. That's where I think you see the talent gap. And then also you can just look at the final score and the rivalry over the last eight games. Yeah, and it's been a one-possession game. That's my whole point. Thank you. Is that the the games are there's not that much difference, which is why given three more chances and more experience, at some point he makes that play, gets that touchdown, and wins that game. Okay. And I can hear you fans before you tweet at us. Kyle coaches them that way. Well, there is some truth to that. Some years, the, the two years ago down in in. Provo, they had the two-score lead. Ben, but don't break. Make BYU eat up clock. Yeah, Punt not, the ball down to the 15-yard line. I don't care what they're going to respond. I mean, it's just opinion. I'm not going to respond. If I spent all my days re- responding to people who disagreed with me, that, I'd, that's, I'd be doing nothing but that. Well, that's how you have a conversation. Eat up the next 10 minutes before Frank comes on at 730. An imaginary conversation? No, imaginary. I'm going to have a real one. I'm like, I know. I real. can hear you. I can't hear any you fans right now. I can hear. Them. <laughs> I can't hear one. I can sort them out from the <laughs> other voices in my head. So you you go ahead in that next ten minutes and you have that imaginary conversation. But I'm going to have a real one with human beings, an actual one, not an imaginary one. <laughs> I, I give you free reign to go ahead and have that imaginary conversation. Tell me, tell me who wins that imagine. I'd rather have a real one. If this kid is good enough, he'll get it done. I put in there little plan words when what I wrote, the common dominator. Not the common denominator, but the common dominator. Because every great team in this school's history has had an outstanding quarterback. They go hand in hand. And consequently, when they haven't been as good, they haven't had a good, a good quarterback. Or the quarterback play hasn't been good enough. However you want to phrase it, if you don't want to call a college kid not good enough and you're worried about hurting feelings, then the quarterback play wasn't good enough. Or if you're like me and you're going to call it as you see it, the quarterback wasn't good enough. And is this kid going to be good enough? That's what it boils down to. Is he going to be the next great quarterback for this program? Because if he is, then he should win one. Wayne says the sun shines on every dog's caboose someday. Well, it did not taste them. did not, I mean, they haven't won in nine years, so all the kids who played between Max Hall and now, no. And Taysom is the most exciting backup quarterback in the history of backup quarterbacks. He just, he, 
he just he threw the ball. He fought five yard out. Did you see that in practice yesterday? That five yard out that he threw? It was the most exciting five yard out I've ever seen by a backup quarterback. Shane says, I would love to see it this year to set the Utes on a destructive course for a horrible year. And by the way, I'm not a BYU fan. I'm just an anti-Utah fan. Me too. I think that uh, that's what I was uh, saying. I think when we had Kurt on uh, Monday, that I don't think this game, the only way this game determines a, a course of a season potentially, is if the Cougars get rolled. Yes, you did say that. If the Cougars get rolled, it could impact their confidence, it could impact their results, and their season could go wrong. Right. Whereas the Utes, if they get beat, they have two weeks to fix stuff, and it's really about the conference season. And Mm -hmm. A month from now, I mean, nobody likes thinking about the final score, but you'll spend most of the time thinking about the game in front of you, not the game behind you. Oh, yeah. If you could be Ute fans, the ones who are out there, not imaginary, but real. If you could be 1-0 in conference, but 3-1 and overall, would you take it? You see what I'm doing there? I think you're trading BYU for USC. Sacrifice the BYU game, but get the SC win. Yeah. Because the BYU game, irregardless of the outcome, isn't going to get you in the Rose Bowl. It's just not. It has zero bearing. It literally has zero bearing on the standings. Now, you could say it's psychological, the way they play, all that type of stuff. In order to beat SC and Washington, blah, 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 you, you better be good enough to beat BYU. You know, you can make those, those types of arguments, and I understand those. But mathematically speaking, that game has zero effect on whether you get to the Rose Bowl. The repercussions of it and whatnot, if you want to go into that, I'm open for that too. So that I can I can buy that type of logic if you're all you imaginary Ute fans out there. <laughs> oh, they're real Ute fans. It's an imaginary conversation. <laughs> so if you're three and one and one and zero, what do you think? Tony says, I'm a lifelong BYU fan. Utah should never lose to BYU ever again. The money difference is staggering. The recruiting's not close. And the facilities are not close. Until the money situation gets closer, they should never lose again. That being said, next year Utah will be starting a new quarterback, and that'll be the Cougars' best chance. The money situation? So, with that in mind, if BYU plays Oregon State, they should never lose again, right? Because the money situation is basically the same. BYU has the same budget as Arizona, but beat them twice in three years. Well, they would have a. a they're in the Pac-12, so that Arizona's almighty dollar Pac-12 money. Yeah. So the money situation. We're getting W twos out there on the next Thursday. Okay, the money combined with <laughs> Kyle's competence versus turmoil at Arizona. Yeah, that has nothing to do with money, right? I don't know, turmoil. I would say talent. The ability to have that talent manifest itself on game night. Yeah, I just don't think BYU's in that bad of a situation. When has BYU racked up the recruiting rankings? Ever? Not since recruiting rankings really became a thing. 
I don't know that there were recruiting rankings back in the day when they were cranking out NFL guys left and right. And then if I'm going to go on these recruiting rankings, SC has dominated Utah in the recruiting rankings. That worked for them when they won the Rose Bowl, but not so much when they were bowl eligible. So how does that work? If I'm going to cite it, I can't just selectively cite it. Sure you can. I have to cite it across the board. Gives you no credibility, but you can do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to pick out this one because it's I'm trying to make right. an argument. But over here, I, I guarantee you, and I don't pay attention to that stuff, the recruiting rankings, I'm, I would bet my life that SC is substantially higher. Hell, I would say the Sun Devils are substantially higher. Or maybe not substantially, but higher than Utah's recruiting rankings. I, I, I couldn't tell you any of Utah's recruiting rankings. What was Lecky Fotu coming out of? Where did he, where did he come from? Here, Her, Harriman or someplace down there? Harriman High School. Yeah. Oh, what, what, what was he? Did, was he there was a parade when he was and he signed? Yeah. <laughs> At most, he was a three-star prospect. Yeah, yeah they closed down the old <laughs> Jordan Parkway. I remember that. Mountain View Corridor, come on. I now. mean, so what are we getting all wrapped up in that stuff for? Because it makes our argument, possibly. I, I just don't have a woe is me attitude for the Cougars, and they can't get it done. I've watched these games, and it seems to me they've had opportunities to get it done many times. They haven't gotten it done, but it hasn't been like, oh, my gosh, they just got smoked. They don't even belong on the same field as these guys. It happened one time. 54 to 10. Yeah, and they the got fir- first in half in the, in the Vegas Bowl. It was embarrassing. But if there'd been for another, the boys in blue, there'd been another five or 10 minutes, PK. Oh, just one more possession. That fifth quarter. No, I don't need another 15 minutes. No, just a couple minutes. So I don't buy all that. Patrick says. He may have some good games stat-wise, but BYU doesn't have the depth to outlast the Utes through four quarters. Go Utes! Okay, so that's what it boils down to? So what you're, what, what you're saying then, the ones and the ones stack up pretty well against each other. And playing early in the year ought to help. Your depth shouldn't be as big a factor game one or two. Yeah, I don't think he's saying that, though. I don't think he realizes that's what he's saying. I know. <laughs> I agree. He doesn't realize it, but I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> depth was one of several elements that decided last year's game. For sure. But that was also game 12, and they're not slated to play game 12 here. The rest is Zach's career. I think that was a funky game for the Utes, and they weren't really sure how to go about it because of the conference already being done. And sure enough, the year that they do it, they're going to play in the title game the right. following week. Uh, One time in eight years, and it all lines yeah, up. Yeah, and so I think it lined up to a disadvantage for Utah because it was kind of a, it was just a funky situation there, and. I think it's better off for them. I, w- I would insist, I don't know if they can with the conference, but I, if I'm Utah, I insist that we do not play it at the last game of the year. We play it earlier. And maybe your, your theory of that the depth doesn't matter in the first game, maybe BYU should say, absolutely, we want to play in the first <laughs> game of the year because maybe it works to their advantage too. Maybe they would have been in a better situation. I mean, I can't answer that. We'll answer it 
going forward, not looking back, have an opportunity to see how that plays out. And I think BYU has improved their depth at the positions where they were lacking in depth last year. Particularly running back, obviously. That's the number one position. Well, the next five years, it's the it's the first game, I think, three times. The second or third game the other year. So it's a ways out. 2025 would be the earliest it could, before it could pop up at the end of the year. And I, I personally don't think they're going to play in 2026. I think they're laying the groundwork for that. Um, so we'll see. I think that's the year that they've got the uh, Arkansas and Baylor. Whatever year they have both those teams on the schedule, when you hear Mark Harlan say, well, you know, we might take a year off, and then you see those two in the same year. So you think they're out in 2026? I think that's the year. I'll have to check their future schedules. But I think see you in the L.A. Bowl then, buddies. Nice. I like it. I like the bowl matchup. They should do that again. That'd be a good idea. DJ and PK, Frank Dolce joins us. You're an analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. How is everything? It is excellent, Frank. And you? Yes. Fantastic. Frank Frank joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, a quarterback question for you. Zach Wilson, if he plays all four years at BYU, does he win a game and break the streak? (laughs) Uh... I think Zach Wilson gives BYU as good of a chance of winning that game as, uh, as any quarterback they've had recently. But I think it's not necessarily a one-position group kind of game. I, I, I think you'd have to go position group by position group and say who wins, who wins that battle. Now, I think you could make a case at the quarterback position and say that, that BYU – um, edges out Utah in in that position group. So so let's just say that BYU wins the quarterback battle. Group by position group does does BYU beat Utah in the trenches? So offensive line, defensive line. I think Utah probably comes out on top in that battle. Does you does does BYU beat Utah in the running back position? I don't. I certainly don't think that's that's the case. Defensive backfield, linebackers, uh, wide wide receiver groups, special teams. I think that you could probably go through most of those groups outside of the outside of the quarterback position group and say with some confidence that Utah athletically has the advantage. So one position group, I think that that Zach Wilson probably gives BYU as good a chance as anybody has in recent memory, but it's not a one-position group battle. Yeah, certainly not. It's a team battle. I'm interested in your level of confidence in the trenches because BYU returns most of their line on offense and Utah returns most of their line on defense, but yet it looked like in last year's game that BYU was able to move the ball fairly well, probably about as well as anybody moved it on those guys uh, last year. What gives you the level of confidence that that this year would be a decided advantage towards Utah? Well, I don't know that for Utah in in the defensive line versus the offensive group with a bunch of guys for Utah coming back and significant depth 
at that position group coming back, and now the ability to probably run in four, four guys at a time and swap out entire groups of defensive linemen. Um, and over the course of a game, I think that would probably be a clear advantage for for the youths. And that last year's game, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get myself into trouble saying that Utah was overlooking an opponent with the championship game coming up, and I think that may have been a little bit of the of the case, and Utah kind of riding high on going into that game and feeling like it was that they were going to be able to manage BYU a little bit better than they were. And then, and then Zach Wilson played a, an extremely good game. So lots of funny things happened last year. I think this is the right time for this matchup. And I, I think the athletic advantage at the, at the line of scrimmage, the talent at the line of scrimmage is advantage Utah. I might, you know, on the other side, if you're looking at Utah's offensive line versus BYU's defensive line, I think there's probably, you could probably make the case that that's more of a, an even battle, especially given the fact that Utah hasn't really named an offensive line yet. They're kind of hemming and hawing with that position group and saying, well, there's six or seven guys and it's a pretty good group, and, but, but they haven't settled on, on those five yet. So is that because they, you think you think the offensive line is flawed, or is that because Kyle Winningham's playing games leading up to the opener? Well, I, I don't think there's I don't I don't think he's playing games. <laughs> I I think it's funny when when people think that Kyle Coach Winningham plays games. He's pretty pretty he's a pretty straight up guy, and if he does play games, I think it's pretty it, it becomes fairly apparent that he's doing that. So I just think he's undecided. He's clearly decided about his defensive line. And when he talks about his defensive line, you you have an, a real understanding about what he feels about that position group. And when he talks about his offensive line, there's a different tone. I think he takes a different tone. I think that's evident. So I don't think there's any games being played. I think he's really trying to figure out, along with his coaching staff, what is the right mix of those five guys up front on the offensive side? Yeah, I'd agree with that about Kyle as far as being a straight shooter and not pulling punches when it comes to that stuff. Uh, I think he's proven that that's the case, and so I think your assessment of that situation is extremely accurate because he does pump up the defensive line because he knows they're completely set, and the offensive line is a little bit of a position in transition. As far as that goes, with that in mind, Zach Moss, you know, you talked about that running back, and obviously no one would argue who has the advantage in that in in this particular game, and it's probably going to have the advantage in a lot of games going forward. That's how much I think of Zach, Zach Moss. Uh, with this offensive line being a little bit in flux, and I think at some point they'll get it together, I'm thinking a healthy Zach Moss, when we get to December and we look back, I'm thinking in the 1,500-yard range with this new offense, seems like he's going to get the ball a whole bunch. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, a very good number for him, very reachable number for him, based on what we think is going to happen with this offense. And, and, and hopefully he stays healthy throughout the season. If he does, then, then I think that's a very achievable type of number. And, and Moss has worked behind offensive lines that have been a little tattered until – you know, a third or a midway through the season during his career. I think that's 
nothing that he, he hasn't seen before. And, and, I, and, and the truth is, I think he's going to be he's going to face that in the first several games this year. An offensive line that's still trying to figure out how to work together, and an offensive line that's probably not going to be named until sometime next week, maybe even before the, the start of the first game. So, uh, I, I but but his talent in his career, he's, he's been able to overcome that, and I don't see that changing at this point. Even even if you say, well, defenses are going to key on Zach Moss, and that's always been the case. As long as he's been as long as he's been the featured back in this offense, the defenses have been designed and the strategy has been implemented to stop Zach Moss and it hasn't always been successful. So Zach's a big name and a and a star on this team. Who is a young guy on this team who's ready to to blow up and his his name is gonna be on all the fans' lips going forward here? A young guy on the team that's gonna yep. that's going to blow up and and make a big name for himself. Well, I think the I think the mm, that's a, that's a good question. But I think maybe in the running back group you're gonna you might possibly find that it's gonna be difficult because <laughs> because Zach is gonna be is going to be carrying the majority of the is taking the majority of the reps. So, but I like the I like the new kid. They they keep saying that he's a young. Zach Moss, and I, I think that's pretty pretty heavy thing to put on him. But but maybe maybe that running back group in kind of scrap time, or, or when when Zach Moss needs a little bit of a rest, then then that's where it comes from. Outside of that, um, I don't know if I see a young guy on that team being able to break in and really make. Uh, a name for himself on this on this particular football team. I think there's pretty good upper classman leadership in every position. Yeah, this kid's going to start, so it's not like he's a, a dark horse. But I'm looking for a, if I choose one guy as a surprise breakout, I'm going with Devin Lloyd. I look at this kid and. He has got an oh. NFL body to me, man. He's got the best yeah. NFL body that I've seen of any of their linebackers that they've had in recent years. You know, I think that's I, – I think I might, uh, as I think about it now, I think that I might agree with you there. Is, is um, And especially since you take into consideration what a lot of people think is, um, you know, one of the top five defensive lines in the nation and – if those guys are taking up everybody at the line of scrimmage and just allowing the deep, the, the linebacker group to roam around and, and make plays without being hindered by offensive linemen, then then that could serve him him extremely well. So so I yeah I I think I might uh, I might lean on that as well. I think that's a good call. So we've seen predictions from the youth seas for the youth season that range all the way from Vegas establishing, you know, the over-under on wins at nine to the youths being the dark horse pick to go to the college football playoff. There's a wide range out there. Some of the bold predictions have them going Alamo or Holiday, but others Rose and Playoff. What do you think they're going to do? I, I think this team has all of the talent and all of the ability to – to kind of reach those lofty goals. And it's certainly a group based on what we think is the, the Pac-12 South that, that, 
that has a, 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 a well, a better than good chance of going through the South and, and coming out um, without a loss in the South. So I, I, I think that I think that it's possible to reach all of those goals. But I, I have to be honest as I as I look across this Utah schedule, um, I'm not saying they can't go undefeated, but I, I still think there's I still look at the schedule and I think there's a couple losses in there somewhere. And 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 also, to be honest, I don't know exactly where those losses are. So I look across and I say, OK, you have. Washington at Washington, you have USC at USC. Maybe those are like the most likely if there's going to be two losses. But I also say, well, Washington State is a difficult is always a difficult matchup. I don't like that matchup with Utah. And in fact, I might even say that between the Washington schools, I would give Washington State the edge if Utah's going to split those games. I think Washington and Utah's a better matchup for Utah than Washington State and Utah. So I, I don't know. And I even think that, that you know, a team like in Arizona State gives Utah heartache. And, and so I, if I'm saying, well, between Arizona State and USC, I think that Utah had, in, in my mind, Utah's a better shot at going down and beating USC, even against the 100 years of not beating USC at home, and, and, and maybe taking a, a, you know, tanking one against, against Arizona State. So I, I don't know. I look across that schedule. I think all of those lofty goals are very possible. But I also would say I, I, it looks like there, there's a couple losses on that schedule as well. I don't know how it was in your day as far as quarterbacking, whether in your spring ball or in your training camp and preseason as far as getting hit, but certainly now, you know, you can't get anywhere near the quarterback. Everybody gets upset if you even get within spitting distance of him practically. But I'm wondering what is your concern for Wilson because he had this shoulder surgery, so he wasn't even out there participating. He did participate in most of the training camp, pronounces himself 100%, but people know everything about everybody and so you'd have to think that if a nye or penicini any of these guys get a free shot these linebackers francis bernard they know this kid has had this shoulder surgery for sure and i'm wondering does that pump up their adrenaline as they're just about ready to lay into them so how much do you how much concern as a former quarterback do you have about a quarterback I realize he wouldn't have been touched even if he was healthy, but he hasn't been hit combined with the coming off the surgery. Well, I, yeah, I think that's a big, I think it's a big concern, um, especially in, in, a, in a rivalry game. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that, that Utah football players are, are going to specifically say, hey, we, we have to take out Zach Wilson. That being said, any clean shot that you have on a quarterback, you're certainly you're certainly going to take that and and maybe have a little you know a little extra emphasis because the quarterback that position group is such a protected group. So it's kind of like the it's the trophy on the field when you get a shot at that guy. So, but but you know first games and rivalry games are always uh, always a little strange. And I and I would say that both sides probably there's probably this you know, this, this added intensity 
in in the game. But it's it's also a, a case where you know maybe fifty or sixty or seventy plays into a game that you're that's that's kind of the you're you're pretty tired. I mean you're 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 still trying to figure out how to be. Although you've gone through camp and you're in you know quote unquote game shape. Playing the football game is a different deal, and that's why you always have guys going out with cramps in first games, and they can't figure it out, and they're taking an extra rep here and there. So I think the physical toll that it takes on a person in that game, that may alleviate some of the added intensity about trying to take someone out at any particular point in that game. Frank, we appreciate a few minutes. Look forward to talking to you all season long. Well, absolutely. I can't wait. I guess we're going to get on the schedule here coming up on, on Monday, so I look forward to that. But, PK, I just want to, I just want to mention, I always, I always appreciate your analysis, but I'm, I'm a little perplexed by your thought that if BYU loses this first game, that that is disastrous for their season. I kind of take the, I kind of take the different approach, unless I've read you incorrectly, but I'm saying if they get along. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm well, saying if they get smoked. Game, yeah, I, I I hear you, but I still think a loss in, in game one is is much more easy to overcome than saying BYU goes down four games to start the season. Then I think you're in real trouble. Oh, for sure. If you're 0-4, yeah. But I think if they get hammered, it's like, oh, no, here we go again. Because I think they're, they're still recovering from 4-9. I don't know. I, I, I even think a game, if you get hammered in this game, you just kind of think, well, bro, that's film out. That was an anomaly. Let's, okay. you know, let's get going. But so I, w- I would think it's a it, game one loss easier, to me, easier to overcome. If this game happened in game four and Utah came up on the schedule and, it, and Utah was coming into this, or BYU was coming into this, you know, maybe 0-3 or 1-2, and and then they lose that game, I think it, that becomes a disastrous scenario. Game one, I think it's much easier to overcome. And I think that on both, both sides. If BYU wins this football game, um, it's, it's much easier for Utah to overcome that throughout the rest of the, se- the course of the season than it would be if Utah lost that game somewhere mid or late in the season. Well, I agree with you, Frank, oh. but then we'd both be wrong. Boom, there it is. <laughs> Saw that one all teed up. <laughs> oh, man. I walked into that unintentionally. All right, you guys are the best. All right, thanks, Frank. Thanks. Yep. We can run this by our uh, resident sports psychologist, uh, Riley Jensen, when we have him on again. But I think you're spot on, PK. And I think you can go back in college football history and see teams we thought were pretty good, and they get hit with a loss they didn't see coming in week one, and they don't really rally from it. Yeah, they and you would argue themselves. that BYU would, they would see this loss coming. But I'm talking about if they get smoked. See, that's the and thing. And they is, just look totally outclassed. A team that thinks it's going to be you know, 10-2, 11-1 or whatever and winning some big league, a loss is so far from what they expect it destroys them. Now, in BYU's case, because you got a long losing streak, I think you're right. The loss wouldn't be totally shocking, but getting blown off the field would yeah. because these guys haven't been blown off the field by the Utes. Right, and there's the guys a, there's who are a the sense of game. optimism yeah. around the team now. Right. I, mean, I realize everybody has it, but they've got a young stud at quarterback, an emerging stud, and they've picked up grad transfers at running back and blah, 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 blah. The, awful, the offensive line is coming back. If the offensive line gets dominated then all I got to say is, holy freak. (laughs) DJ and PK, 
The Rivalry Countdown, next. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Days to the 100th game. We've been counting down the rivalry games now a week away. We need a ball like in Temple Square. <laughs> in Times Square? Yeah, yeah. Drop that thing. <laughs> We're seven days away. Yeah. Maybe right at the point one. of the mountain, halfway between two schools. No, it's just square. It's got to be. No, temp- it's got to be square. Okay, so we need some big Times Square. Point, right? Temple, Temple Square. Yeah. We got the square going on here. And you have this. And then when it gets. So now we should have the entire community counting it down. Because like when it gets to 10, then everybody in Times Nine, Square. Yeah, you don't do it like 48, 47. Nobody does it then. <laughs> but when you get to 10 and below, everybody is counting. That might have to be one thing to do. I've never done that. Now, obviously, many years I lived just a few miles away. But I was a youngster. It was it so looks freaking kind of cold. Miserable. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I, I think you, I'd like to do it. We get it. a bucket list. I'll bet I can put a bunch of things like in front of like that. Five o'clock. Yeah, that's part of the deal, though. No, no thank you. Too cold. I don't feel like I'm in a Even cattle Even better. Clock. When you're there, can you hear uh, Ryan Seacrest uh, screaming have, stupid stuff? No idea. No, but you, you it's just, 40 seconds until the new year. You pay it's homage, 30 seconds. Pay homage to Dick Clark. I know. Who did the same thing? It's 40 seconds to the... Yeah, and it was fun. Yeah. I haven't figured out why they don't have New Year's parties all the way across the country in different. It's always taped for different time zones. There ought to be something in L.A., something in Chicago. Well, they do. And something in Salt Lake for the mountain time zone. Rotate through Salt Lake, Denver, and Calgary or something. Not nationally. Calgary? Yeah, we'll include Canada. Anything to pump up soccer. Might as well go to Edmonton. Good idea. But not Albuquerque. PK won't allow it. All right, what is the uh, stat with seven now, seven days to the rivalry game? Seven days away. In the last 25 games of this series, beginning in 1993, do you know how many of those 25 games have been within seven points, the final margin of the game? 29. Uh, I would that say. That would be too many, PK. Oh. The number is either 20 or 21. It is I think 20. It is 20. I can't mm-hmm. think of. The, the 0408 teams were blowouts. Correct. The 96 Cotton Bowl was a blowout. The 54 to 10 debacle, and mm-hmm. I couldn't think of one more. And now I do. When the youth won three in a runner, Mac, they won 34 17. Correct. Because it wasn't 34 31 for the third straight year. Look, right. at, look at you go. Oh my gosh, I got a couple people. Never mind. PK didn't want to hear about them. You're such a nerd. Yeah, I know. You know, I wouldn't though. have had any idea. 20 of the 25 within seven points. I did a story on it a few years ago. It was in the recesses, and you've held on to it a little it, bit, almost. Was it hard really hitting? No, it was a bunch of file video. 
in the history of the rivalry. And then you got to go back and find the file video of the different games. I think it's time for TV to do another hard hitting. It's been many, many decades. Well, <laughs> breaking news. All right, DJ and PK, the countdown continues. Uh, we got uh, Dick Harmon to talk rivalry and talk about BYU as they get ready to launch their season. Dick Harmon from the Deseret News joining us next. Stay with us.